When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 205 of the... Perf- nope. <laughs> we just did this. Yeah, there it is. Uh, we just did this. Seconds episode ago. <laughs> 206 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? It's a fine, rainy Thursday. It is very rainy, but it's still... It's March 1st, and we're okay. recording this, and it's above 40 degrees in Cleveland, so I'm not going to complain. Accurate. That so is okay. true. Um, let me talk about the episode. Yes, please. Good. I've been waiting almost a year to do this. So today's episode is a conversation I had with Tommy Adiemi at Book Expo America last year at the beginning of June. Um, at the time, she was finishing up edits and everything of her first novel and working on her second one slowly. Uh, and now, as this day, this is coming out on Monday, tomorrow her book, Children of Blood and Bone, will be released. And it is a big deal. It's a very big deal. <laughs> it is. Um, she is everywhere. Uh, we talked about that in our March books release episode last week. But uh, anywhere you go that is book related, you'll see uh, her face and her cover. And I couldn't be happier for her. Um, but the cool thing about this interview is I was re-listening to it this morning just to make, like, for editing. And um, one, it, I think I was one of the first people that spoke with her about the book on, a, like, you know, like a publicity type of a thing. Because she is, she's, you can hear in the interview, she's very excited about talking about the book. And it just, it was a really great conversation to hear how excited and she was so early in the process. And also kind of seeing how the world has changed a little bit from June of last year through March now because mm-hmm. we you know we referenced some things that were going on at the time and again she can't reference things in the future right um but it was just so much fun and you'll hear her just like her passion it's, she's she's so infectious and wonderful um yeah she's great I am so excited for everyone to hear this and to Finally, finally here. Finally, I've been. I've had a file on my desktop that says all BEA interviews that is sitting there because I don't like to move stuff off my desktop until it's out Just there. Just in case. Just in case, because I, I, I forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I finally get to move that because this is the last one of all those, and I'm planning for this book expo America. So, um, it is a, it's a weird kind of torture to have an amazing conversation and then have to wait almost 10 months people to hear it but you get to hear it now so i'm excited for you um i will say one of my favorite things we've never talked about this one of my favorite things about doing this whole podcast is when we talk to authors especially the ones that are you know relatively big and famous now and you could it'd be understandable if they just sort of mailed in the conversation and without fail every single person we've ever spoke to on the podcast like they really are engaged in the conversation and they and they seem to enjoy talking to us mm-hmm. and 
it's just this i love getting to share their stories but mainly i just love this little like there's this little snapshot of this person who is about to become a huge deal and but for a half hour she sat down and was engaged with the conversation and you could hear how passionate she was about her book and literature and society so it's just it never fails to be really cool in my mind when authors will sit down with us and right again they're maybe they're about to go do something some publicity thing or sign books for 500 people but at the end of the day like there we have this little half hour 45 minutes however long we sit down with them where they're like they're there and it's mm-hmm. really cool so mm-hmm. and again this that's something i'll always remember talking about tommy is just having this conversation with her and have her be truly like into it which yeah. is great so um yeah if people want to get a hold of us how can they do that you can find us on instagram and twitter at pro book nerds and they can email us at professional book nerds at overdrive.com they sure can um anything else you think people should know about on this monday no okay all right well i'm very excited for you all to finally get to hear this conversation with tomi adiemi on the professional book nerds podcast Hey everyone, it's Adam again, and it is my distinct pleasure to introduce you to an author whose name you might not recognize just yet, but she's about to take over the world. Tomi Adeyemi? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Tomi Adeyemi is a Nigerian-American writer and creative writing coach based in San Diego, California. After graduating from Harvard with with an honors degree in English literature, she received a fellowship that allowed her to study West African mythology and culture in Salvador, Brazil. Her debut YA fantasy novel, Children of Blood and Bone, will be coming out early in 2018, and a movie based on the books will be coming shortly after. First off, congratulations. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to be here. I am hearing about your book and everything about you is amazing, so I'm so excited for people to learn about you. So can you first maybe give us an introduction to Children of Blood and Bone? Yeah, so uh, Children of Blood and Bone, it's my debut novel, and it's a YA West African fantasy, and it's about a girl who's fighting to bring magic back to her people, mm-hmm. and for me, it's it's so personal, like I, I tell my friends, I'm like, it's kind of like a fan fiction diary entry, <laughs> because it's like, I love it as a story, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like Nigerian, and my, you know, my parents came here when they were my age so in the early 20s mm-hmm. and I like just to be able to put that culture like in the book and make it her world and then to be able to be in this like new magical place and yeah. I'm like hey guys this is like a part of my heart and then the message or I don't want to say message because it's not a message book but the book was written for me during uh, a period of a lot of fear Mm -hmm. um, because that's where it's like I felt like every week and sometimes every day I was opening the news or Twitter and seeing headlines about you know like an unarmed black man or black child Mm -hmm. being shot and and killed by the police and then having you know there's been no justice afterwards so it's like and because it takes a long time to prosecute things there was just these it was constant so you hear about a new one and then you hear about one that happened three months ago where the cop was let off yeah and so it was just sort of this period where I was feeling really yeah just really afraid and kind of really hopeless and Mm -hmm. so the this book was my chance to kind of 
it was really my therapy. Yeah. And, you know, something really bad would happen. I'd be crying and I'd be upset and my boyfriend would be like, you need to go right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would go right. So there's some parts that are actually just diary entries yeah. um, where it's like something really bad happened and I wrote this out and it happens to be exactly what my character is yeah. feeling. So it's it's really personal on all levels. So it's kind of it's that makes it really crazy and exciting mm-hmm. because you know people are starting to read it and I'm like it's like on one the story is personal what inspired the story is personal the world is personal so um, it's crazy but it's also really exciting because I'm like oh this is my heart like in book form Mm -hmm. Um, and people are being really supportive and receptive of that so it's just like a crazy kind of acceptance (laughs) I I was just gonna say you you touched on something and I was gonna bring up a little bit later but since you mentioned it about all these horrible things have been happening and Unfortunately, like you said, it, it seems like every day something yeah. terrible is happening. A lot of people will see those types of things and they'll lash out or they'll just take to Twitter and in 140 characters they'll tell yeah. everyone what's wrong with it. It seems like writing this book was, like you said, kind of therapeutic for you. Kind yeah. of this, this was your outlet, more or less. It, it truly was because especially things like this, they make you feel so small mm-hmm. and they make you feel so hopeless and to be like completely honest they make you feel like why am I even alive if this is how my life can end right. or if this is how I can lose my mom or mm-hmm. my dad or my brother or my sister or you know because even me I wouldn't even fully say it's a fear of this happening to me it's a fear of it happening to someone I love <laughs> and then me being left with that wreckage yeah. um, which I don't know you know I'm almost like I feel like a Disney movie because all of my books have, like, before this have had, like, dead parents, you know? So <laughs> there's, like, a very deep fear oh. inside me. And yeah. then, like, this just magnified it. And so you do feel really hopeless and really small. Uh-huh. Um, and then for me, the writing is, like, that's where I feel like, okay, here's my sword. Mm-hmm. And, one, I feel better getting it all out on the paper. But then I'm like, oh, someone can see this and like if they can feel these things and think about it in a new way then I've actually changed something so Mm -hmm. it goes from being something where it's like I have absolutely no power Mm -hmm. um, I am helpless and to like no I can do something and oh the thing that I can do about it can also actually help change the world in a way so that's sort of the craziest part about books because books are sort of the closest we have to being inside someone else's mind mm-hmm. um so so yeah yeah and you actually you, you touched on something really interesting uh, the actions and the, the things that take place in this in, the, in your story are based on you know tragic and unfortunate events that have happened in the real world but the story itself is very much in a kind of a magical world yeah and so something i'm always curious about when i'm talking about fantasy stories uh, Lee Bardugo, who we were just talking about before yeah. I started recording, who we, who we both love, um, and Kate Elliott actually both told me that when they're writing their fantasy worlds and they're building them out, they start with a map. Yeah. And then from there, they can kind of piece out how they see things in the world, and then they'll start working on, well, how does magic work in this world? So for yeah. you, how did the world building take so place? It starts, for me, it started with a picture of this girl. Um, it was a beautiful. I'll, I'll show it to you like afterwards because mm-hmm. I feel like I'll waste time if I try and load it because <laughs> I have. Oh no, service. I was going to say that's okay. Yeah. perks of being the host. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I started with a picture um, of this. Um, she was a black girl with like luminescent green hair, and it was just a stunning picture. And I couldn't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time where I was like, "Who is this person? Like, what is she? What's her story? What does her world look like? And it sort of started from, so it started with this character. Mm -hmm. um, And then 
I started, I was like, what is she doing? I was like, what if she's in a market one day and like her entire world changes? And so it sort of started with the plot. Uh um, And then I'm like, oh, this is the adventure. So then the world grew with the adventure Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a quest novel. So they visit, it wasn't just like, oh, we're in this one town Mm -hmm. where she starts out. Um, it's like we're going all over this country. So this was actually the first time I had to make a map and be like, what does it look like? And then I was doing, like, math and being like, okay, they oh. ride lions. And, like, uh, maybe if a lion runs as fast as a horse and horses do, like, this many miles per hour, so how many <laughs> days of travel? And then I'm like, but in the larger arc of a month. Oh, my so God, it's like, that's amazing. <laughs> so, I, and I think it's like I have this all in a notebook, and then I'm like, I'll just say two days between them. <laughs> you know, so I do the math. I'm like, that's too long. Yeah. So. That's incredible. So, yeah, it just, uh, for me, it exploded. It started with the character mm-hmm. and then her situation and then I'm like oh this is what her story is so what does her world look like yeah. and and now I have the map and I, I some people who have read early just are like I just wish I had a map and I was like a map and then I sent it to them and they're <laughs> like whoa on. and I'm like yeah so it's yeah but the, I'm I know the one thing that's constant in my story creation process is it starts with a picture because mm-hmm. my last book that I tried to seriously get published it was a picture of these kids jumping off of a roof mm-hmm. um, but it was an artist and it was really like beautiful coloring and they're sort of, yeah it was just I was like what is this and then like so for me it starts with like that one picture when whether that's a scene or a character um, or even a, like a setting mm-hmm. that it's like oh well what takes place here and then it kind of all yeah. grows from like sort of like I'm doing all these yeah. stuff with my hands that's and okay. I'm like no I one do, can see I do it all the time on the pot yeah so I was just like insert like in here tell me did circle <laughs> yeah. gestures with her yeah, hands big yeah big circle <laughs> Uh, from the like, and then from the magical aspects of the story, how did you? Because it's in a fantasy world, it's it's so important to establish like here are the rules yeah. of magic. Like this is how things work, so that you understand for the next you know nine hundred pages of three books over however long yeah, they're going to be. Exactly. This is how it works. So how did you determine? what is feasible and what is still nonsensical. The magic part is really exciting for me because it's from, or I know you mentioned like I, after college I had this fellowship to go to Brazil Mm -hmm. um, and I went there intending to study, like I was, it was a cultural study and I thought I was going to be focused on their slave trade Mm -hmm. and, but then one day it was like, I wanted to go to this museum and it was closed and then it started raining and I went into a gift shop and the guy was kicking out people who were like were clearly just trying to be to like around it, the yeah. rain so I'm trying to look really interesting because <laughs> I didn't want to get drenched and I come across this picture of Orisha which is the it's this West African mythology so it's big in Nigeria um, Brazil also has a very big Nigerian popul- yeah. or population it's also big in Latin America but it was these in my head I'm like this looks like African The Last Airbender mm-hmm. you know it was That's these beautiful and like I love Avatar Last Airbender but it was like these beautiful images and it was like superheroes and it was like magicals and I was like what is this why have I never seen this as like a lover of stories and things like this so I have never heard about it so um, I went deep into studying that and there are these different gods and goddesses and they represent multiple things like one will be like you know like single like god of fire and lightning but other will be like oh another goddess of like love and fertility and this so for me I drew from like okay the magic comes from these gods and goddesses yeah. obviously you have to simplify it can't be like hey, here's magic of love and fertility yeah. and lightning and is that you know <laughs> so it's like you have to make it palatable for like a new world mm-hmm. um but it was cool to take these 
this thing that was a part of my culture that I didn't even know and yeah. then like directly draw magic lines from there and then be like okay so let's say you what is a god of fire and lightning what does that look like when it's like what does that look like for someone who just has their powers what does yeah. that look like for a master of it and then that's where I go into excel yeah. and you know map it out oh my god so, so much goes into this it's there's a, uh, it's crazy it is I think that's I I've always been a big reader, mm-hmm. um, but now it's like I 400 times appreciate everything I've ever loved before I started <laughs> to get published because I'm like, oh, it's not just that first draft. Yeah. It's like, because you know the first draft, it. it's like, that's one thing. It's like, finish mm-hmm. it. But like to get to that published book, like a published yeah. book you're proud of, uh-huh. it is so many people, there's so many revisions, there's so many editorial right. directions, it's so many like maps and Excel uh-huh. spreadsheets if you're a Ravenclaw like me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole thing and it's, it's, but it's really amazing at the end. But now I'm like, I don't just look at a book now yeah. when I read it and be like, oh, that was a great story. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know the story behind the story. I read all of the acknowledgments. I'm <laughs> like, like, I was like, I just want to know everything that went into creating it. Yeah. I'm picturing like one of those crime scene investigation situations yeah. where you have like red yarn. Like, now Adam is doing yeah. that where you have like all these like red yarn, like, and then the person goes here and then they go over here. Like, there's all these post-it notes on yeah. like my wall at home. And mm-hmm. like, I, now the post-it notes are for book two, but like before it's just like all this stuff for book one and right. you just... And there's post-it notes over my desk. And uh, people are like, oh, you're creative. I was like, <laughs> That's yeah. Such a good website. Oh, yeah. Quote, unquote, creative. Creative. Like, you just gave me that kind of compliment, yeah. didn't you? Um, and so when you're building your the voices of your characters and you're finding the different voices of the people that you're going to be writing, for you, is character building a lot like story building as a whole? Like taking... You know, at first you start with the whole overarching, like, here is going to be the general idea of what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, no, I can't stop talking with my hands. <laughs> and then you're going to take each person and kind of flesh out them one at a time? Or did yeah. you have an idea of, like, certain people? I honestly think the characters are the hardest. Because mm-hmm. for a world, it's like I can decide what a world is. And I can build a map. And then it's much, if I need to tweak something, yeah. you know, that's just the world with the mm-hmm. characters like you gotta know and even yeah. I'm like why did you write multiple point of views and I was like because I have to tell more sides than one but like I'm <laughs> slapping myself when I'm editing because it's like you need to make them distinct mm-hmm. and like the main character I feel like we have the same voice yeah. she's much more poetic and she speaks <laughs> in a British accent in my head so it's like not that's, the exact same voice but that. that's amazing. <laughs> like when I'm writing I'm like okay like it's very easy to get into her and then mm-hmm. for the there's two other points of view and those ones I really have to um and honestly that's a lot of what we're revising now is to just make it as like fleshed yeah. out because those ones it's the main one comes nat- uh, the main character comes naturally the other two characters are really important and mm-hmm. they're like I really really have to like get in their head and be like okay given everything they've experienced in their life what would they feel in these moments what are the things that they would pick up and and sometimes when you're revising it's like oh I thought the character was about this but what if the character is about this Mm -hmm. and suddenly it like changes throughout the entire novel Mm -hmm. so um I know for me the character is the stuff that I feel like I yeah I revise the most Mm -hmm. to get right because everything else you can kind of Everything else feels more stationary. Mm-hmm. It's like if you change something in the plot, okay, we're at page like from 300 to 350. Yeah. We're changing it, but it's like stationary. The right. character is so much bigger than yeah. all that. Um, and then something else, and you kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm just squeaking yeah. in the background. Okay. Um, you touched on this just a little bit. I'm going to give them a second. Yeah. Just, just cut. <laughs> just, this is 
cut apparently in my brain. <laughs> no, not this, an active cutting thing I could have said. This is cut, which is actually extend. Anyway. <laughs> um, right, so you, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning when you were describing the book, and you know, you've been really vocal about the importance of you know, the Black Lives Matter movement in, you know, on your social media and on your website and things like that. And you know, race relations and, and prejudice, unfortunately, is not in a very good place yeah. in our country and, and it's uh, that's a good way of putting it I guess right? yeah um, a nice I, way <laughs> and I know that it's really essential in your book and I get really angry because I'll see on, on social media people will say like yeah well all lives matter and to me and I think my favorite message I've ever seen about that is someone being like saying all lives matter is like going to a doctor and telling them I have a broken arm and then the doctor being like yeah well all your bones matter yeah and it just it's so infuriating me that I see people so for you how important was it to put those aspects into your fantasy world I for me I like okay so if we take it back to what's going on right now mm-hmm. without trying to be too polarizing sure. you know in our past election there was a certain candidate that um, the Harry Potter generation referred to as Voldemort mm-hmm. and I think that's because we grew up in this like you know a lot of us who grew up in this Harry Potter world mm-hmm. we see Voldemort we know the behaviors of Voldemort yeah. and so whether it's on fantasy or real, it's like, oh, I've seen this before. This right. was Voldemort. You yeah. know, nose is a little different, but <laughs> general, same thing. So, and I think those things, it's like, on one part of it, it's like, yes, I want to run around with my wand. But on the other part, it's like, you understand it generally. It's mm-hmm. like whether, and Harry Potter is a story about persecution. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, and you know, you don't think about it that way. But when it's in a completely different world, it's very clear to you that someone's saying like, hey, you're a mudblood. You don't belong at Hogwarts. Right. You know that's wrong. Yeah. If you take it into this world and you're like, hey, you're an immigrant. You don't belong in my country. Suddenly it's more complicated. And it, it's not actually more yeah. complicated, but because it's based in this, there's all these different it's not as black and white literally as Mm -hmm. when it's in a book so I think it's important to teach these just general lessons of humanity (laughs) um, in a way that where someone's not going to bring their preconceived notions and be like black lives matter all lives matter and you're like okay well that's not what I'm saying but you know let's go let's go let's let me let me just tell you a story right um, and let me like describe something that I can literally go on YouTube and show you Mm -hmm. like a video of this girl being thrown down by a policeman and okay maybe so you are in this world so there's all these different in theory ways that you can respond to that now i'm going to show you in a book i'm just going to show you a kid being attacked by someone who's supposed to protect her right um you know that's wrong so i feel like it's very important to take these sometimes people are like it's just fiction but i was like okay but if you understand it now then you can do something about it in the real world yeah. um so i feel like it's really important um, especially because we have these great books out, you know, like The Hate You Give out. It's amazing. Yes. I'm running around BEA trying to find Dear Martin. Uh-huh. You know, like, we there's so many great books coming out, um, both in, or especially in YA. Um, and I think that's amazing. I feel like we need so much more because they're, they're so, in, like, informative. Yeah. Um, but I think you also need some of those same examples and messages in a fantasy. And so it's like, okay, I'm in my Hogwarts, but I'm yeah. learning about, like, accepting humans and like not letting bullies like rise to positions of power and do a lot of bad things so I think 
especially in fantasy yeah. that's where you learn a lot of those lessons and it's not like a preaching thing but it's just like you just see it and mm-hmm. it's very clear to you like hey you shouldn't treat people like that yeah. um so i'm like here you don't like that wording let me make it really simple <laughs> it is by the way it is taking all of my maturity yeah. podcast host <laughs> skills to not veer this off into just a harry potter conversation yeah. <laughs> Because that happens so incredibly often on our podcasts, so people probably don't want to hear me talk about how much I love Harry yeah. Potter. Um, so recently, there's been several stories about your incredible, you know, situation where within like a week you got a book deal and a movie deal, and like people will call you an overnight success. Oh for like yeah, an people love star. that word. Yeah, but in reality, and I, the thing that it makes me irritated about seeing that it's like I know because I talk to authors all the time yeah this is years and years and years of work for you so in fact you you mentioned this you spent several years editing and working on a book that isn't the book that's yeah out. I mean like so this book came together pretty quickly for me but like as we we're talking you know I described my spreadsheets and right yeah, like, yeah, pretty, quote unquote, pretty quickly. Um, my other book it was about three to four years from like idea to first draft to trying to get it published mm-hmm. to getting rejected um, and those, if I didn't have those four years, we wouldn't be talking right now. Right. You know, I think like if you, like one of my favorite artists is Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's a great headline? 23 year old with like three Grammys. Right. Okay. But when this kid was 15, he had a brilliant mixtape. Yeah. You know, so I feel like we, we like to hold on to the numbers, but even like someone like Simone Biles, she's 19, mm-hmm. like 4,000 gold medals. Gosh, she's she's been doing this for over 10 years already. Right. So I feel like we don't acknowledge that part yeah. of the conversation enough. Like I've been writing since I was like six or seven. Right. It was bad. But you've still been but doing like, it. I was like, it's going to always going to be bad when you start. Yeah. So I was like, if you start at seven yeah you know we're still starting at the same level but if like if my all my bad books if I have 10 years of bad books and try and write a good one and okay it's better but it's still not good mm-hmm. enough which is my first book story you know yeah. that that's not overnight yeah, I think <laughs> so, I think so often people would rather use the word prodigy because it sounds more fun it sounds yeah it's exciting it's like yeah, sparkly exactly. but it's just I'm like I don't know anyone oh, she's 23 but like you said you've been doing this for yeah for like yeah more like of my conscious right, life exactly. so. so but all that said yeah. what did it feel like when when you got the, the book deal and the movie deal and just I still don't understand, you know, like I, st- it wasn't until I saw like they they made this a beautiful sampler mm-hmm. um, and it's the first 70 pages and it wasn't until I saw a cover for it that I was like, okay, I think we're actually going to make a book. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, this could be a long joke. They could change their mind. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, this, this doesn't have to be real. Like it yeah. could just be like, lol, ha mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> here's your dream. It's taken away. But I was like, okay, no, someone invested like time and artistic creativity yeah. into making a cover and I don't think they would do that if this was really just one big joke yeah. so like I'm still oh. in the process oh. of being like oh this is because it's like like I said since I've always wanted to publish a book I didn't right. always admit to myself that I wanted to be a writer but like this has been a dream so even when they I saw the sampler I held on to it for like six hours yeah. like just like this I like I took it with me out and people were like oh I've already seen it I was like okay but I'll, I'll just I'll keep you know like, I'm gonna keep showing you yeah Don't I was like let me, I just need to keep like this in my pocket yeah. to really feel that it's real and even and I started to get over that and then someone tweeted a picture of themselves holding it and I'm like you are another human you are holding it you know so then it starts all over again so I would say I still don't and now we're on the book. I was like, even the movie stuff, I was like, what? Yeah. You know, so none of this is like, 
it feels crazy. Uh-huh. It's still a lot of hard work, right. but it's just it's just really exciting to have people. Writing is really can be really solitary, mm-hmm. um, so it's really it's been really awesome to like meet all these amazing people and like mm-hmm. they're putting their amazingness like in the book, whether yeah. it's like the actual text or the cover or like the page numbers mm-hmm. or like the marketing or like me sitting talk. You know, it's yeah. just really cool to be like. Oh, look at my squad. Yeah. <laughs> well, in part, and part of it comes with too, and, and you kind of talk about this on your website a little bit, because you are you're also a writing coach. You kind of mm-hmm. help people along the way, like the right way to do these types of things. And you have something on your on your site that it's not it's not enough just to write a good story, but you 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 talk about how you did a lot of research in the market and you saw like what's popular, and so like you knew, all right, it's not just that I have to write this story, but I, I you need to realize yeah. what people want to read. I think a lot of times like if something and like fingers crossed but a lot of times we look at big successes and we're like oh there's no way to achieve that or even someone like Beyonce Mm -hmm. you're like you're just born with it false yeah like whenever Beyonce like shows us a kid video it's like oh that's so cute she's three years old but I was like she's training I was like you've been training for 30 years I'm trying not to swear so you can can, can say anything you like I'm like these are librarians I don't want them to judge me wait till you meet some librarians yeah okay (laughs) um but yeah even someone like or her, I remember watching a YouTube video and it was a compilation of her. I think it was called like Beyonce's like bossiest moments, but it was just her like very like being, I guess a perfectionist about like her performance. And I'm like, that makes sense. Right. Because when I see a Beyonce performance, I am like, it's like Cirque du Soleil up in here, you know? And so it's, I think it's very important to know that those things don't just happen. They Mm -hmm. require lots of blood, sweat and tears. Um, And I think especially... I was like, even just publishing a book is like, that's, you know, like that's already hard. And then if you like, you you look at someone, you're like, oh, I would love to have a career like that. It's like, we have the internet now. We can stalk hardcore. That's what's Mm -hmm. crazy about meeting a lot of these people. Because I was like, oh, I stalked you, and like I like looked at what you did, and I looked at what you said about writing. And you know, like there's all this advice out there. But I think that's, I really liked the blog before all this happened because it was just it feels really good to like let other writers know hey your dreams are legitimate and like go for it and now I like that it exists because if someone goes oh overnight success I was like I started my blog before I had even finished revising my first book Mm -hmm. you know so I I was learning with them (laughs) um but you it's I always like to be like hey you can it it's not nothing is actually impossible Mm -hmm. and if it seems impossible like actually look at all the work behind it yeah and then if you're a workhorse like me, you're like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Like, when I see Beyonce being like, no, the lights have to be like this. Or, and she's like, it's not working. I'm like, great. That makes me feel right. like with 400,000 hours, I can put on a great concert. Exactly. And suddenly it's possible. It's right. not just like this pipe dream. And that's what yeah. it is with these books. Right. Well, and actually, to a much lesser extent for me, like, when you're talking about people, you know, you can hardcore stalk, stalk people. I never stop feeling creepy because like, <laughs> yes. I am, I'm like combing through these office websites and I'm like, you once wrote, I'm, I'm going to bring it up in like two yeah, seconds okay. so you something else you have on your site. Like, I always feel like, so you wrote a thing on your website and like sometimes the websites haven't been updated in a while and the light, the office are looking like there's no lights on up there. That they're just like, where did you find whatever it is yeah. you're talking about, you creepy man. Yeah. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, I want people to know about this stuff, but to continue being creepy. Yeah, it's like for better or yeah, worse. But, yeah. yeah, so you have this gorgeous story on your website called why i write it caught my attention because i have also written a thing literally called why i write oh yours is much better oh (laughs) um but you talk about the the tragedy in charleston in 2016 and i'll be honest i 
this isn't a question so much as me yeah. just putting it out into the world for anyone who hasn't gone and read that yet that I want them to go to your website and, and see how how you write just to learn like put it into perspective but do these tragedies and, and the way that they affect you they, they seem to obviously inspire your kind of long form blog yeah. stories but do they also go into like you, the trilogies and everything like it's that it's fully Those... it's full because that's the only way I can cope like especially in a, like I said even like so I've been on like obviously like a high from this book stuff and then I don't know I think it was a month ago like the shooting of Jordan Edwards yeah um and another reason I wasn't just on a high from my book stuff but like the hate you give had been number one for like eight weeks or something incredible and it was awesome and for me I look at that and I'm like okay I kind of feel like the world's falling apart mm -hmm. but if I look at this list I see like hundreds of people a day are reading this amazing book their yeah. hearts are being changed their minds are being changed so like progress is happening mm -hmm. and then that like he was shot and it like crushed me and a lot of times for me it's like I try I can't let everything in because it's like even now it's I'm like don't let it fully in because no one wants to hear you cry on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but you were the first one for what it's okay, worth. Okay, okay, that say. makes me feel better. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just it's really soul crushing, mm -hmm. and especially like I said, my book is fully about like the fear mm -hmm. associated with living in a world like that, and like I was reading about his family and they were you know the parents were saying like the kids keep having nightmares they're so afraid yeah and I think they might have been in the car like when it ha you know so yeah. it's like they're like you you're like okay I can donate to this memorial fund it's like for me personally I'm like I can pray but it's like literally it's like I have my thing I let it all in I cry and then I'm like okay I need to keep writing mm -hmm. and like for me it's like if I don't keep writing then I'm staying in my bed and I'm not getting out right and this story with in the past when the Charleston thing happened it I was like you, you said I, I realized I hadn't been that distraught mm -hmm. since the backlash against Rue and the Hunger Games yeah where it was literally like here's this like what 11 year old black girl being murdered and here's this portion of people saying oh it's not sad she's black and yeah. I'm like oh you're saying this like this isn't an anonymous board. I yeah, was like, no, you tweeted you this you with your face, yeah. like, your name. Like, I can Google and see that you've said this. I was like, so there's not even a, like, let me hide this, right. you know? And obviously that's fictional. But it's like, even even the Star Trek, like, a new Star Trek trailer came yeah. out. And there's these beautiful women of color. And part of the internet is like, oh, my God, this yeah. is enraging. And it's like, so for me, there's almost a different level of, like, hatred. Mm-hmm. I'm like, or I guess I show, it shows me how deep hatred is when it's applied to a completely fictional setting. Yeah. Or like when a black Hermione Granger was cast for the play mm -hmm. and people lost it. And I was like, invisibility cloaks, dragons, trolls. Yeah. The black Hermione Granger, yeah, you're right. Now we're that's in unbelievable part, territory. That's the part you're off board, right, yeah. So it's, there, there's, there's no, every day, like just going on Twitter, I... I send the stories to myself, the things that would make me want to curl up in my bed and cry. I just send them to myself, and I'm like, okay, this is why you're writing. Yeah. When it's, like, 3 a.m., and you're like, oh, my God, no. It's like, no, this is why. Because it's like, if this even changes one person who then, like, goes in the world differently, or if it even changes, like, one kid who then becomes a cop one day, I was like, then it is, it is more than worth it, and yeah. it is worth agonizing over, like, is this character <laughs> arc working? Is yeah. this comma placement, you know? <laughs> so it's like... I, I feel like you, it's like you drown in it, 
And I'm not saying you can always stay above it. Like mm-hmm. I said, like, there hasn't been, it hasn't, it's not like these stories have stopped. Right. You know, so it's like, I'm not always like, oh, horrible world. Yeah. Like, I will vanquish you. Like, no, sometimes I still feel very much like I want to curl up and like not leave in my bed for yeah. the next 60 years and then peace out. But <laughs> then you, it's like, you don't always have to be strong, but I feel like at least whatever it is that, brings you down or makes you feel just very small it's like okay let yourself feel that fear but then you need to find whatever it is you can do mm-hmm. I was like even if it's just running yeah. like if it was literally running around a track I mean I'd be so fit it'd be great it's not that <laughs> it's sitting but um, but it's like you find that thing that makes you not feel hopeless mm-hmm. and makes you feel like you have some power and you like hold on to that yeah. because oh, the world is still crazy mm-hmm. I, I do I do in my heart believe it is getting better yeah but it is still crazy and it's going to take time for it to not feel as crazy and as unsafe and as kind of heartbreaking so um i'm going to transition to something lighter okay so (laughs) i feel like that's all my interviews were just no i no no i i would also magic (laughs) no it's amazing we end our podcast with something we call the Nerd Nine because yeah. we like alliteration. And yeah, the, and I love alliteration. So these are lighthearted. Blood and bone. I have yeah, blood and bone. Yeah. <laughs> so we say these are rapid fire. They never end up being rapid fire because yeah. I get sidetracked. But <laughs> the first one, it's always my fault. Um, the first one is, what's the last book you finished? I think it's And I Darken mm-hmm. by um, Kirsten White. No one will know if it's not, so we can use. Okay. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're not gonna end up that kind of yeah. Tell me you're you're lying. To you're us. not the last one um, you read. I hacked your Kindle. That's right. <laughs> do you um, do you have a favorite place to read? Mm, my bed. Mm-hmm. I have this electric blanket. It was a birthday present from my boyfriend like two years ago uh-huh. because I didn't know electric blankets existed. Yeah. And he just had this elect like a small heating pad for like mm-hmm. his neck or something, and I would like curl my curl whole body the- into it. So he got me this big blanket, and it's too. I live in California. It's mm-hmm. always too hot for him. Always yeah. like dehydrated, and but I like to get like put it on high mm-hmm. and like get under the blanket and yeah I just love that that's like my I'm thinking of that now I'm like oh I should go home (laughs) that's amazing um do you have a guilty pleasure like I always tell people mine is if you go on my Instagram account it's I have two dogs and it's just like a gross amount of pictures of them like too too many pictures of my dogs like do you have something that you're just like I probably shouldn't do that often as often as I do I I would definitely say Avatar The Last Airbender fan art Mm mm-hmm um, Incredible. There was a period, and I don't draw it. I just like it a lot, mm-hmm. and then send it to anyone who might like it half as much that's as me. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's a lot of my. You know, and it's funny because Pinterest algorithms, mm-hmm. like whatever I'm obsessed with at the period, they'll you just, just they'll, tell. and yeah. so they just they feed the guilt. Yeah. And they're like, well, you like this one? Here's 400 oh, more, and here's a amazing. whole board. There's 6,000 pins of oh. your. And now I feel like I'm getting to the point where I, there's repeats because mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I'm on it so all. much. You're but you still, every once in a while, you discover yeah. something new. So you're like, let yeah. me keep. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Mm. I guess Thanksgiving mm-hmm. because my mom makes, um, she makes jollof rice. She makes fried rice. So I don't have like a tip. We don't ever have turkey because mm-hmm. we're like. I don't know. I don't want to make a statement and be like, Nigerians don't like turkey. Yeah. I'm sure one does. Yeah. I do not. <laughs> so. Look, I, I, yeah. I, you can just say we don't. I'm a vegetarian, yeah. so I don't eat okay. turkey either. Yeah, so, so it's just, it's a, it's a lot of really good, like, Nigerian rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
my editor, she knows I love Sprite. <laughs> and there's that's the one time a year there's a lot of Sprite in my house. And then there's these cookies. So it's like, I'm just stuffed. That's <laughs> yeah. By that's the way, the, the nonverbal communication there would be, editor shook her head yes during that <laughs> um, I have lost track of myself. Oh, do you have a place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Yes, Bora Bora. Ooh, that's yeah. a good answer. Um, are you a dog person or a cat person? Dogs. That's the right answer. Oh, God. So my co-host who is not here so I can throw her under the bus, she's a cat lady. I am a dog guy. I don't, we don't really have like a fun yeah. name for that. But it's our like eternal battle. It's the only reason we put that in there is because we want like we're like keeping a mental tally. Yeah, like no, it's like a big deal for me yeah, when someone says that. I'm always I'm always in this thing where I'm like, you can't adopt a dog right now, but I'm like, but look at all of these what puppies you who did? need yeah. a Oh, I'd be a bad influence. So I'll stop right now. Um, <laughs> so do you have um, man, favorite food? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have so many, though. So I'm like, and I know that defeats the <laughs> favorite. Okay. But it's like, okay, it's easily pizza. Like, okay, yeah. I could, there there have been times, like, where I just ate pizza twice a day. Like, yeah. that was my meal. Oh, I'm going to eat would pizza as soon as we're done recording this. I know. I'm, and I'm like, oh, I should City. get pizza. I know. So it's definitely pizza. My two favorite types of pizza are Giordano's stuffed spinach pizza because I'm yes. from Chicago and then there's this place in San Diego called like Zia Gourmet mm-hmm. and it's pizza is like yeah I was like yeah I don't know if you can describe yeah, that um... but it is an explosion of flavor so <laughs> Tommy is excited yeah, yeah Tommy's very excited eyes are is very it, is, it, is it like um like California style pizza like I don't even know what they I think they put raisins in it and is raisins it? are like not my thing but yeah it's it's amazing, mm-hmm. and then I love all kinds of Asian food. Yeah, yes. But I don't like to eat it in front of people. I'm trying to be professional with because I look messy. So how are you with chopsticks? <laughs> I'm I'm. It's not even the chopsticks. It's just like it's too hot to eat. Yeah. But I have no patience. Uh huh. And then oh, it's yeah. like, how do I take a bite? So it's like, oh no, the whole dumplings in my mouth. Oh it's yeah. Scalding. I'm choking. I'm happy though. I so. I, <laughs> I ate ramen with a couple of coworkers and my wife yesterday, and I just looked like a monster. The yeah, whole time exactly. Um, and then the last one, if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I know. I there's so many people. Um, let's say Michelle Obama. That is an incredible answer. Yeah, I'm like, like I hope for her sake we're never in the same room. Yeah. Because just because you'll go out, just kind of tag her with a hug. It's like even now, like like I said, I was like, oh, I met Lee today. I was trying so hard not to cry. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's none of that. Yeah. So and I don't even, you know. So I'm just imagining her like elegant, mm-hmm. like icon, <laughs> like me sobbing ferociously <laughs> in the corner, like her Secret Service being like, okay, we're gonna steer you yeah. away. That's amazing. So yeah, that would that's, be that's a great. If I answer. could trick her into sitting at a table with me yeah. after I cried, that would be great. Perfect. Yeah, just see her from a distance, cry, then go talk to her. Yeah. Even then, I don't know, probably still crying. (laughs) Um, All right, so my last question before I let you go. What do you hope readers take away when they read Children of Blood and Bone? There's two things I really want, which I don't know if it's fair to say two things. That's okay. Two things works. The first thing is definitely just understanding sort of that, like, oh, here's what it would be like to sort of be in a society where you're scared of a cop car. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's just saying it's it's just it's a very intense or like where me where i was there was a period where i was personally scared to get in a car Mm -hmm. because i was like if i get stopped by a cop i i really don't know how that ends right um and it's like and i'm just living me it's like my parents live in chicago my brother lives in la you know so it's like so it's you know it's not like a thing in the past Mm -hmm. i think it's just like understanding 
like that fear mm-hmm. and really and whole hopefully that making enough of an impact deep down to somehow make a change like yeah. nah I don't know if that's two years or four years you know something uh-huh. but like you know just sort of have that same sort of oh that's what Voldemort looks like mm-hmm. um, and then the other thing is just I I never read about black characters growing up I didn't even realize how messed up it was that the characters I wrote were black till like senior year of high school so right. I was like I was like 18 or something so that's 18 that's at least like 10 years of writing mm-hmm. and I was like why aren't my characters black you yeah. know like it's a deep it's a it, it it's deep it, mm-hmm. like it digs deep into your like subconscious and self-esteem and all of those things so to just be like oh I love this story and all of the characters are black or to like look at this cover like I saw a glimpse of my cover today it was on accident and I like ran away because I was like I cannot see more I cannot break down in the middle of BA Uh it's not on my itinerary so (laughs) um so I just hope for that like little girl to get what I I I desperately wanted but didn't even know I was missing mm-hmm. you know to hopefully to like walk into that bookstore and be like hey she looks like me like oh and then look at the back oh she looks like me yeah. and that's you know those things you don't I didn't realize how much they mattered until I saw all these deep things like why am I not writing black character mm-hmm. you know so yeah. um so yeah so knowing now how important those things are those are the two things I am hoping that readers get well tell me I your passion comes through so clearly and I have no doubt it's going to in your book as well. I I cannot wait to read this. I can't wait for the world to read it. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. us Thank you. This today. has been really fun. Absolutely. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.